Well, good morning. So good to see you guys. I want to welcome you to the Moorhead campus. I want to welcome the Grayson campus as well. We are, we are two church, in, I mean, we're one church in two locations, which is awesome. And uh, so glad to see what God, can we get up for the Grayson campus right now? Is God using them in an unbelievable way? Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. It's part two of the family series, and last week we talked about marriage, and if you missed that, if your marriage is struggling a little bit and you want to work through some marriage with that, I encourage you to go back on the app and our website and check that out. And today we'll talk about parenting. Now, I know some of you are like, well, I don't have kids yet, or hey, my kids are gone, or hey, I'm in this right now, or hey, I'm just a student, I'm really not a parent, but hey, you do have parents, so this is going to help you too as well. So we're going to go into the second part of this, kind of like from marriage to, to parenting, and what does that look like? And I just have some disclaimers before we get started. Number one, I'm not a perfect parent, so just make sure on the same page there. My kids were here in the first service when you're preaching to your kids, like, that's right, Dad, preach, you ain't perfect, you know what I'm saying? So they, they're here. Number two, I didn't have perfect parents. Uh, and number three, let this set you free. There's no such things as perfect parents. Oh, can we just take a deep breath, right? Because I know as a parent, you think as a parent, I think as a parent, I hope I don't do something like screw my kid up or they're going to be messed up for the rest of their life because how I raised them. And so there's a lot of things we're going to work through and talk through today. I have been a parent, my wife and I, for 15 and a half years. I have a 15-year-old son, a 12-year-old son, an 8-year-old son, and a 4-year-old daughter. I'm not going to lie, she's my favorite. The boys asked me, Dad, who's your favorite? She is. What? She's a princess. Her name is Sadie Noel. She is the girl. She's my favorite. Dad, the Bible says you shouldn't have favorites. Honey, fairness lost itself in the garden. Nothing's fair in this world. She's my favorite. And so I just want to set the last playing field so we understand that. I'm just kidding. I love my kids, but she's still my favorite. But anyway... I've been a parent for 15 and a half years. You know, I, have, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't had empty nest yet. I'm just really tiptoed into the teenage year. I haven't got to the driving part yet and all that stuff. So I'm still learning this. It's still a work in progress and trying to figure this out. But here's some things I've learned over the last few years of parenting. Uh, just, a, just a few things. Every single kid's different. Like even though my kids come from my wife and I, every single one of them are different. Like they have different personalities, they have different uh, love languages, they have different gifts, different talents. And here's the reality, you cannot parent every kid the same. You have to figure out on their level. Sometimes as parents, like we're the adults, we're the boss, you change, you adapt to us. When in reality, a lot of times we need to change as the adult and figure out how do we lead our child individually because they are all different. When you try to parent every single kid the same, a lot of times someone or something suffers because they're wired differently. God made them differently. So you as the adult, me as the adult, I have to figure out how do I lead each individual kid uh, differently. I wish parenting was linear. I wish I could say step one, step two, step three, and all of a sudden you have amazing godly family. Wouldn't that be awesome? But family's not static, it's dynamic. And there's ebbs and flows and ups and downs. One day you feel like a great parent and you're like, yes, I'm winning. And the next day I stink as a parent, I just ruined my kid's life, right? That's just parenting. That's just how it goes. And today I'm not going to address specific per family, per kid issues to work through. Because the reality is every one of our kids have issues. Every one of you have issues. And so you're not gonna be able to take 25 minutes and go, okay, help me fix my kid in this area. Hey, I've got this going on with my child, fix it for me. Like if you have an 18 month old and you come in late and you're like, I don't understand this. And like, what do you mean you don't understand? Every time I make my kids spaghetti, every single time I put it in front of them and they grab their hands into the spaghetti and puts it in their mouth and they throw the spaghetti all over the kitchen floor. And my mom told me this is not right. 
and I didn't act like this in my kitchen like this. They're 18 months old. What do I do? Get your phone out, videotape it, and send it to America's Home Funny Video. Because that's funny, y'all. That's funny. They're a kid. What do you mean? What do you do? Or you come and go, my seven-year-old, he just bites people. I don't understand. That's why he goes to school and he bites people. I don't want to be known as the parent with the kid that bites kids. Fix them. Get them a muzzle. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Or a little bit more serious though, my son's a teenager and he keeps sneaking out with his friends on the weekends and we keep telling him he can't do this and you bring him to my office, you sit him in my chair, you said, fix my teenager. What do you do? Put an alarm on the house, on the windows and the code so the alarm goes off and wakes you up when he does it. I I don't know. So I'm not going to be able to address every single specific issue that you as a parent are dealing with with your child, but I will give you some things that I believe as parents, if we will do this, it's our best shot to have a godly family. It's our best shot to be the best parents that we can possibly be. And so what I want to do is I want to walk you through a, a couple of passages in Ephesians chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to Ephesians chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 6. Now, when you want to go to the marriage passage, Ephesians chapter 5. When you want to talk about family and stuff, Ephesians 5 and 6. There's only a handful of just a few verses in the Bible that deals with parenting. And we're about to look at one of those in Ephesians chapter 6. So I'm going to walk you through this progress and show you as parents, what can we do to have the best family? And some of us, right, we come from blended families. We're going to talk a little bit about that. How does that work? Because there's all kinds of dynamics with that as well. How do we set ourselves up for the best success we can to raise a godly family? So let's walk through this Ephesians chapter 5. You ready to get started? So let's go. All right, here we go. Ephesians chapter 5, the first thing, mom, dad, you can do if you want to raise a godly family is to have a relationship with Jesus. I know that sounds so simple. I know that sounds so easy. And I know some of you right now are going, I have that. But here's the problem. You get saved. You give your life to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, because you're Christian, you think that's okay for your kids. You begin to outsource your kids to the church to the youth ministry, to the kids' ministry, hoping that they will raise them to be a godly kid, when in reality, it's your responsibility. It's not the church. It's not the kids' ministry. It's not the youth ministry. We'll teach them about Jesus. We'll help them fall in love with Jesus in the local church. But at the end of the day, it comes to mom and dad. So mom and dad, the greatest thing you can do for your kid is not just know Jesus, but follow Jesus, to have a dynamic fellowship with him. So in Ephesians chapter one, I'm I'm in chapter five, verse one, I'm gonna show you how Paul sets this up so you can see the progression here. The first thing Paul says in verse one, imitate God. How do you do that? How do you imitate God? You gotta get close. Imitate God, therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children. He's talking to all of us. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. What did Christ do? So he's trying to say, if you want to imitate me, follow Christ. What did Christ do? Look what he says. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So what he's trying to say is this. If you want to imitate me, submit. Submit to my will. As Jesus laid his life down, he's a sacrifice. I want you to sacrifice for one another. And then he goes on through Ephesians chapter 5 and says, don't have, let this come out of your mouth. Don't follow the world in this way. And he, you're sitting there thinking, how as a Christian do I live that and empower to do that? So we get to verse 18. Verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
just as a substance intoxicates you. And when it intoxicates you, well, it controls you. You're under its influence. Don't be under the influence of a substance. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to get drunk, be drunk with the Holy Spirit. What he means by it is let it control your life. How do I get to the point where I'm intoxicated by the Spirit of God in my life and it controls my life? So he follows this. You want to imitate me, mom and dad. You do that by sacrificing yourself for each other. And you do that then by being filled with the Spirit. How do you get filled with the Spirit of God? I'm going to show you that just in a moment. What is the byproduct of being Spirit-filled or filled with the Spirit? Well, Galatians 5.22 tells us. Look what it says. It says this, but by the Spirit, there's fruit. Don't miss this. Fruit is not plural. This is not the fruits of the Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. These are all combined. These are all together into one thing, which means when I am filled with the Spirit, when I am walking in the Spirit, here's the byproduct of my life. Look what it says. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mom, dad. If you two were walking in the Spirit, and this was the byproduct of your outflowing of your life, what would your marriage look like if both of you, husband and wife, was walking in the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What would your marriage look like? Wouldn't it be amazing? Like, like there's no more slamming cabinets. Well, we can't do that anymore because they got anti-slam things in them. You know that? I try to slam it. Slowly does it, right? You can't slam cabinets anymore. Wait, what would your marriage look like? What would your parenting look like to your kids if both of you were filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Like, how would our parenting change? Do you know that you can do this when you're filled with the Spirit? Now, I preached the whole message on this back in the fall, the difference between being baptized in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. I believe they're semantics. I believe they're basically the same. We're saying the same thing in different ways. When I give my life to Jesus, I am full of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes within me, empowers me, convicts me, leads me, guides me, teaches me, and counsels me. The Holy Spirit's in me. I have all the Holy Spirit that I'm ever going to get. The problem is, how much does He have of me? How much have I yielded to him in my own life? So I have all the spirit that I'm going to get with inside of me when I give my life to Jesus. But the Bible says there's times in life that we are filled with the spirit. How do I get filled with the spirit? Here's how you do it. When you yield, you're filled. When you yield your life to the ways of God, the words of God, imitate God, sacrifice your life and follow him. When you yield, you're filled. And the problem is most of us, we don't yield our life. We don't want to yield our life to God. We want to do it our way. We want to raise our kids our way. We want our careers our ways. We want to handle our money our way. We want to live our life our way. And then we're hoping that God fills us with his presence to be filled with this spirit of God that's upon our lives. And he says, if you will yield and humble yourself, I will fill you. And when you are filled with the Spirit, the, the byproduct is love, joy, peace, patient, kindness, goodness, faithful, goodness, and self-control. And every marriage needs that. Shake your head this way. They do. Every kid needs that for mommy and daddy. Absolutely. Because now this is the best shot we have of raising a godly family. When mom and dad are focused on following Jesus and keeping our eyes on Jesus, not just knowing Jesus, not just showing up to church. That's awesome. I'm glad you showed up to church. Not just dropping them off at youth. They need to be at youth or in their kids' ministry. I'm talking about they see mom and dad follow Jesus Monday through Saturday. 
not just on Sunday. And I'm telling you, when they get that, they see this is the best shot we have of raising a godly family. So the first thing seems so simple, don't it? So simple. Just give, follow Jesus. That's the first thing that mom and dad can do. Here's the second thing, relationship with Jesus. Here's the second greatest thing we do for our kids. It's a relationship with our spouse. Now, I talked about this last Sunday, so I'm not going to re-harp or, or go back through all of it. But I want you to show the progression here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, imitate God. How do you do that? M- model Jesus. What did he do? He sacrificed his life. How do I do a, How do I live in this broken world the way Christ wants me to live? You got to be filled with the Spirit. And if you're filled with the Spirit of God, he goes on and says, he says, then you're able to submit to one another. Verse 21. Ephesians chapter 5, 21. 18, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 21, watch this. Submit to one another. This is mutual submission. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to put other people's needs before our needs. I am to submit to you. You are to submit to me. It's mutual submission. So under the same umbrella, in the same breath, the very next verse, look what he says, how this applies to marriage. Wives, therefore, submit to your husband. You see, a lot of people want to throw that verse out and go, see, honey, you should submit to me. Bro, look at the verse right before it. It's mutual submission. You submit to one another. Here's how it looks like for the wife. Wife, you submit to your husband because the next verse is because that man is the head of the family. And so he's like, well, that's, that's not right. That's God's order. God has an order to everything. He himself has an order. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The cosmos has an order. Your body has an order. And when your body's out of order, it's out of whack. The church government has an order. The family has an order. Marriage has an order. And if we would do it God's way, it will work. And so it says, so wives submit, therefore, as you submit to one another, to your husband. And then it goes on, says in verse 25, husbands, to love your wife as Christ loved the church. We see this at weddings, right? These are verses we read like when we go to weddings or places like that. But don't miss this, bro. It says that you are to give your life up for your bride. As Jesus died for the church, you are to die to your wife. How do you do that? You submit. It's mutual Submission. I'm not better than she is. She's not better than me. I'm not greater than her in God's eyes. She's not greater. We are equal, but God has an order. And if you will order your family the way God has ordered it, it will work. It has the best shot of raising a godly family. So the greatest thing that I can do is for my wife and I is to submit to each other and have a healthy marriage. You will not ever have a healthy family until you have a healthy marriage. And I said this last week, and the clause didn't come out too bad, but we may have some new people and the clause come out today. When it comes to your marriage, your marriage comes before your children. That's hard for some people to swallow, especially in blended families. I'll get to that just in a moment. The marriage comes before the children. The greatest thing I can do for my kid is to love Jesus and follow Jesus and to love their mom and show them what a godly marriage looks like and let them see that. Maybe some of you, your marriage would be saved if you just hire a babysitter so that you could go back out and spend a few moments. Just You don't have to go far and reconnect and start dating again and start talking again and start having conversations again so that you all can connect with each other. And if we're going to be the best parents we can be, this is a parenting message. First, we got to have a crazy, unbelievable fellowship with Jesus. We got to have an unbelievable, healthy marriage. That's the nucleus. That's the core to the healthy family. And then we can have a relationship with our kids. What does that look like? 
Like how do you have a healthy relationship when every one of your kids are different and there's different dynamics from different backgrounds and different groups? Well, Ephesians chapter six, if you're a kid here, if like if you're still living at home and you have parents, you need to go read Ephesians chapter six, verse one, because this is a crazy promise. Look, it's not on the screen, but it's crazy. It says, kids, obey your parents, honor your mother, father. And if you do, you'll live a long life. It's right there. It's a promise in the Bible. So kids, listen, it says, obey your parents, honor your mother and your father. And the promise is that you will be live a long life. And then we get to verse four. And this is where a lot of times parenting message comes from. Fathers, it says, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. How do I get discipline, discipline, discipline and instructions if I'm not walking with Jesus? So this falls on us as parents. As I walk with Jesus, I get instruction from him and therefore I know how to lead my family. I have a question for you this morning. It's a thought-provoking question that I want you to think if you're parents. Now listen, some of you, you have kids out of the home, this still applies to you. Some of you are grandparents and you're raising your grandkids and you're their parents right now in their life. Some of you have foster kids. Some of you have adopted kids back and forth. And we have this blended type marriage. This, this applies to every single one of you as parents. And if you're influenced in raising kids, this applies to you. Can you look in the mirror and say with conviction, I want my kids and I hope my kids turn out exactly like me. Can you do that? Can you look and say, you know what? I want my kids to be just like me. And some of you go, I don't, I definitely don't want my kids to be like me, man. I'm like so messed up and I've got so many issues and all this stuff. But here's what you got to understand about parenting. Parenting is caught, not taught. I'm not teaching my kids how to parent. They watch me to see how I parent. I can't teach them like here's, as they grow up, here's how to be a parent. They watch me and because they watch me, they form the, they watch my words, my actions, my priorities, my values, my conflicts with my wife, my conflicts with others. They watch me and they will build their entire philosophy and parenting based on how they're raised. That's why all of us at some point in our life, when we had kids, we got to points going, oh my gosh, I'm turning to my parents. Why? Because you watch them and you are becoming like them. Because it has been ingrained or indoctrinated in you and how to be. But as mom and dads, can we look in the mirror and say, listen, I want my kids to be just like me. And where I get this from is from a pastor that it wrecks me. Paul looks at his disciples and listen to what he says. He says, follow me as I follow Jesus. Now listen, you better be following Jesus if you're going to make that statement. Can I, as a dad, look at my children and say, listen, I know I'm not a perfect dad. I know I will make mistakes, but follow me as I follow Jesus. Can I say that I'm leading my kids in the right way on how I live? And if you're here and you say, I don't want my kids to follow me right now in my life. I don't want my kids to be like me right now in my life. Then you don't understand parenting. Because parenting is a temporary assignment that you have in 18 or 19 or maybe for some 34 years later, they'll move out. And you have a temporary assignment because there will come a day that you most likely, what you say will go in one ear out the other. They'll make their own decision. They'll do their own traditions. They'll make their own family values and they will move and there will be nothing you can do 
and you had this short amount of time because life is short with them to do everything you can to show them the right way. And this is why it's so important for mom and dad to be able to say, follow us as we follow Jesus. Because if you're not following Jesus, you are leading your kids astray. That's a big, heavy burden to carry. In fact, I will go a step further and say, let me see, and I'm here to beat up on men. But men, the order of the family, God has placed that on us. And a lot of times dads outsource spiritual growth to the wife and mom and the wife make sure the kids grow spiritually while dad is all about provision and providing. And I'm here to tell you the responsibility as men, God has, you show me a godly man following Jesus, I'll show you a family that's following Jesus. And that's how our responsibility, that's God's order. And I know some of you right now, we got, we got this victim in time. Well, my dad never taught me and, and, and my dad was like this and, and my mom did this. Listen, we can't play the victim anymore. Today's a new day. Today you could start over. Today you could sit down with your kids, mom and dad, and say, listen, mom and dad has not been living like we should. Mom and dad have said things that, has, that we shouldn't say to each other. Mom and dad have argued in front of you when we shouldn't be arguing in front of you. And we have not been the best examples for you. And we want to sit you down and say, forgive us for how we have been acting like kids. And you know how many times in my own life I had to sit my kids down and say, son, I'm sorry, dad shouldn't have said that. Son, I'm sorry, dad shouldn't have did that. Son, I'm sorry that I didn't follow through with that commitment that I told you with. You know how many times I had to apologize and I submit and humble myself and apologize to my children. Some of you need to go home and you need to do that today. Some of you have adult kids that are out and now you have grandkids. And today you realize that there are some things, yes, we all could have done better. Yes, we've all made mistakes. But even the way you're living now may not be the best influence in their life. And you can call them and say, listen, I'm sorry. But from this day forward, it's a new day. I will be the example for, your grand, for my grandkids. I will be the example for you. Follow me as I follow Jesus. That's a very bold and a powerful statement to say, but I'm telling you what, that's a game changer in families, especially. Some of you haven't had kids yet. Some of your kids are very young yet, and this is a great time for you in this series because you're going to learn from the best mistakes to learn from are other people's mistakes. And when they make them, you can learn from them. You will not be a perfect parent because there's no such thing as a perfect parent. So mom, quit beating yourself up. Dad, quit beating yourself up. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. But you can follow Jesus. And if both of you are walking in the spirit, it's the best shot you have for your marriage and for your family. But mom, dad, it starts with you. Being the adult and being the parent and getting your life in order. Because here's the reality. The way I live my life in front of my kids will either empower them for success or will confuse the heck out of them that they have to work through issues later in their life. Why don't I make the choice now to be so bold and say it's a big Mantle to carry, but son, daughter, follow your dad because your dad's going to follow Jesus. And Jesus promises he'll never lead us astray. And I want to empower you to be the best you can be and successful as you can be. And hopefully when my kid goes older, and I know they're not going to listen to everything that mom and dad says, and it's all different. And I don't know how this all works out. We have four kids. If it don't work out the first one, it may the second one. Surely by the third one you screw up, you're going to get the fourth one right, right? And I'll let you know in 18 years if it works. I don't know. But we're working through this. And we're trying our best to lead our kids in the, in the right way. And help them understand that, listen, mom and dad, we're going to make mistakes. But mom and dad are going to humble ourselves when we do and say, we're sorry. And we're going to follow Jesus. Now follow us, son. Follow us. 
We're going to be your example. Not just on Sunday for one hour when I take you to church. Not just on Wednesday night when I drop you off for youth. I'm talking about Monday at home when I come home from work and I'm tired and I'm cranky. I'm talking about when me and mom has a disagreement we want to show you. I'm talking about when you want to do something and we say not to do that, it's going to hurt you, but I want you to know why we do what we do. Follow us as we follow Jesus. And hopefully someday I will continue to have somewhat of influence in their life where they'll call and say, Dad, help me with this at work. Dad, help me with this at home. Dad, help me with this in finances. Dad, help me with this in business. How do I work through this? And I will still have a voice because how I influenced them and raised them and coached them when they get all up through life. It's just a process. We got to figure it out. I wish it was a one shoe fit all, but it's not. It's all different. It's all dynamic. So with that, there are some things, mom and dad, we can do. And that's a real quick, as we finish it, I'm going to share this. Here's some things. Yes, follow Jesus. Yes, the marriage is top priority. We're going to work through the marriage. But here's some things. We have a relationship with our kid. Mom, dad, here's a few things. Number one, you got to be on the same page. Like you need to be a two-headed monster at home. You know what I'm saying? You've got to be on the same page. You can't let your children divide you. A divided house will fall. Let me give you an example. Hey, Dad, can I go to the movie with my friends? What'd your mom say? Oh, she said yes. She has it. You didn't even talked to her yet. Y'all done that, right? Well, she will say yes if you say yes. So what happens is, well, it's okay with me. Just go ask your mom. Easy said, right? You go over to mom. Hey, mom, dad said yes if you say yes. Well, now I just put a bidding war between me and my wife in a distance from another room. We think it's no big deal, right? Mom's like, well, no, honey, today you're not going because you ain't done your chores today. You got to stay. Mom, but dad said I go. <laughs> nope, you're not. You're staying at home. You're staying right here. <laughs> dad, mom said, well, son, I will let you go, but your mother won't. I just undercutted her and I just divided my family. We do this all the time as parents and we think it's no big deal. And I just divided my family because now I put a bidding war between us because most relationships, there's a stern parent, there's a fun parent. I'll let you guess which one I am. <laughs> right? Son, we could continue to play Fortnite, but your mom said we had to get off. Mom. Tell me my mistakes. But those mistakes divide the family. It undercuts our relationship. Now they have a bent view towards their mother. Mom's not fun. Mom's no good. Mom don't let. Mom kills the still joy. And then when mom wants to have affection, because here's what happens. When we, usually you'll see this, one parent disciplined more than the other parent. And when you do this, you rob the other parent that disciplines all the time, the affection with the kid. Here's another thing you got to do. Mom and dad, both of you, both of you have to show affection. Both of you have to discipline. Quit outsourcing that to the other parent. Both parents shows affection. Both parents shows discipline. Equally done. Equally done. Research has been shown. The sexual development, the mental development, the emotional development depends on both parents, male, female, showing discipline and affection to the child. Whether they're your biological child or not, this develops the child's mindset and when you divide the family very easy to do very not even meaning to do 
trying to hurry and rush it off. Well, just whatever. I'm sorry. Well, your father won't let you go, honey. If your father won't let you go, he just won't let you go. I let you go and I make your hair look all pretty, but dad says, no, I'm sorry. You can't go. She just undercutted me and we divided the family. And we do this all the time as parents. Nonchalant, don't even mean to be mean about it. But what happens is we weave the possibility for the enemy to come and to begin to lie to our children, to lie to us that we don't have each other back. Listen, mom and dad, the greatest thing we could do is be unified in the beginning. So here's what we got to start practicing as parents. And I said we because I'm in this boat with you. When we have a decision to make, even something as small, as can we let our kids go to the movies with their friends? Mom and dad needs to go away from the kids and make that decision and come out the same page with the same answer. Because if you begin to debate that between each other, well, honey, what's the big deal? They can go. Well, I don't think they should go because of this. And your kids don't listen. They see mom and dad going back and forth. And eventually they'll make their mind up who is the killjoy, who's the fun one, who's the stern one. One said, you know what? Let me and your mother talk about that. Let's go back and talk about it. We come back out in front. Hey, we have decided, no, you can't go today. No, you're not going to do that now. Mom, dad, that's what we've decided. And we're not secretly behind their back going, listen, I was going to let you, but she wouldn't. Defies the family. But mom and dad, we do this. We got to stop this. Because we're hurting each other. And we've got to show, again, the same affection, the same discipline, equally shared here. And not rob one of the spouses of affection because one's always the dominant disciplined one. So we can raise healthy kids, right? That's the goal. Healthy kids. Now, if you're a blended family, this is tough. You already have your challenges in front of you. And what I'm sharing with you is really, 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 really important. Even in the new marriage, your marriage has to be the top priority. And I know sometimes as parents, you may be thinking, well, I'm putting my biological kids before my new husband, before my new wife. Listen, the greatest thing you can do for your children is to follow Jesus and show them what a strong, healthy marriage looks like now. Learn from your mistakes. And you two, as you come together, have to build your marriage together in front of your new family, your stepkids, your step-grandparents, and everybody else all in between. You've got to focus on each other. Very soon in this marriage, you have to give authority to the new step-parent over your children. And this is where the problem happens in blended family. 60 to 70% of second marriages end in divorce because they start out great, but they don't know how to discipline each other. They don't know how to work out blended family. And here's what usually happens. My kid comes before you. My kids were here before you. They will be here after you. Because everyone who goes into a second marriage or a third marriage or a fourth marriage, you go in hurt. You go in with your hands up. You're going to fight. You're not going to let nobody hurt you again. No one's going to beat me again. No one's going to take my back again. Like Nobody's going to walk out on me again. I got to protect my children. I got to protect myself. And you already go into the marriage with your arms up and your guard up quickly in that new blended family you have to delegate authority to the new spouse to have authority over your children both of you the same way you make decisions together you do the discipline together i would say it's wise in the beginning for the biological parent to discipline the child in the beginning but eventually that will be given over to both of you and some of you are going well i just don't know if i trust him with my children then don't marry him You don't understand the significance of marriage. If you can't find someone to finally, after you learn from the first or the second, say, listen, 
I've got to be all in here. If I'm going to give you my heart and I'm going to give you the most precious things in my life with my children for you to raise, if you don't trust them, then don't marry them. Maybe you need a date longer before you make that decision. If your kids are older, teenager, and you're thinking about it, maybe you bring them into the process. If you're a guy and she has a teenage son, maybe you go ask his permission to marry their mom. And submit. See, you got to understand, we're the adults here. we got to figure this out. Why? For the kids' sake. As parents, so they can watch us. And they can grow up and have strong families themselves. It begins with us. And I know a lot of times I know what you say. Well, they'll never love my kid the way I love my kid. Naturally, you're right. When they're your kids, you have a natural bent, God-given natural bent to your kid. But they could give your kid the greatest love. And the greatest love is agape love, which is a choice love. That's where the parent, the step-parent says, I choose to love your kids as my own. That is the greatest, highest love. Yet for God so loved the world, agape love, he gave his son while we were still sinners. He unconditionally loved us, which is the highest form of love, which is a choice love, which means I choose to love you. Not just a natural love because you're my kid, you're born that way. I choose you. That's the highest form of love you can give is an agape love, a godly, unconditional love. And your step-parent, and as a step-parent, your choice, you can give that. And that goes a long way in your kid's life and in your marriage. And so listen, mom and dad, we got to figure this out. Blended families, probably 50% of our church, if that's the statistic going, it comes from blended families or involved in blended families. And I know there's, constant, I know there's things happening and there's different things and you're still hurt and you're still bitter because you're now in your new marriage want to take them to church, raise them God's way and do the right thing and learn from your state. And then on the weekends they go over here to this spouse and this spouse is like, I'm going to buck that system. We're going to live like hellions. You can eat all the Fritos you want and stay up and eat caffeine. You can watch the radar movies you want to raise and go back and talk like that at home. And then they come home and they're saying things from their spouses and like, you, you, where'd that word come from? You should, well, daddy said, I said this. Well, your dad, and here's what happens. We send messages through our children to the other spouse. You go tell your dad this. Because now you're acting like the kid. Never use your kid back and forth as bait to tell the other spouse and send messages to them. You are disarming and hurting your child. Be an adult. You have an issue with your ex-spouse. You talk to them about this co-parenting. Never send a message to your children, ever. If you've been doing that, tell them you're sorry, repent, and start today new. But some of you right now, you're so mad at your ex-spouse, you still hurt so bad because they hurt you and wronged you. They walked out on you, they blindsided you, and you're just so mad. You want me to tell you the greatest thing you can do for your child? Forgive your ex-spouse. Because if you carry that with you, you'll be a very angry bitter, resentful person, and your child will hear it in your tone, they'll see it in your words, they'll see it in your body language, and what are you doing for your child because you're still mad at them? Forgiveness is not for your ex-spouse. Forgiveness is for you to be freed up to be the parent that God has called you to be. Is that easy? No. Absolutely. 
But God promised you he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he sees your wounds. He's bottled every tear that you've ever cried. He sees your mistakes, your mess up, and your sin. And he still says, I love you. You've got to lean on him and depend upon him, especially when you're trying to make two different families, two different parenting styles, two different ways to work. And most of the time when it comes to blended families, that's the issue and the fallout. Because of the disagreement, how they're going to raise stepkids, biological kids. You show your biological kids more than my kids. How come you don't love my kids the way you love your kids? Why don't you treat them share? You're not fair. You're not fair. You're not fair. You're not fair. They were here before you. They'll be happy to you. I've happened once. It happened twice. Hit the door, bro. And we wonder why our families are in crisis. I'm not being mean about it. This is reality. I'm here to help everyone. Blended family, traditional family, whatever you want to call it. Follow Jesus. Do the very best of following Jesus. Put the marriage to top priority. Show them what a godly marriage looks like. And then this relationship with the kids. And I just want to kind of give you a little bit more just encouragement so you can understand this because this is where a lot of times as parents we'll beat ourselves up. But parenting, honestly, it takes faith. It just takes faith. And that we just got to trust God. You know, the other parenting verse that people use is Proverbs 22, 6. And in Proverbs 22, 6, it says this, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave from it. Maybe your translation says, train your child in the ways to go and it won't depart from it. And some of you are sitting here going, Pastor, I did that. And my daughter went sideways. My son went AWOL. And it hurts. I've raised them in church. They know right from wrong. They know the ways of the Lord. And now they've abandoned us. They do what they want to do. We have no influence. And they've departed from the path. What do I do? I trust I don't have any steps we could talk about reconciliation we could try doing our very best to reach out to them we can ask for forgiveness we could submit maybe too late but you have to trust that God's in control and though it hurts though your heart breaks those the tears and tears have flown all through the night we have to trust God when it comes to to our children and do our very best follow Jesus healthy marriage spirit filled to display the love joy peace patient kindness self control faithfulness and gentleness towards children and hope for the best because eventually my kids are going to be out of the house they're going to make their own decisions and they may throw what mom and dad's tried their whole entire life to teach them out the door. That's their choice. God gives them a free will. But we're going to do everything in our power for us to follow Jesus, to show the example. See, the Bible says train or direct. It doesn't mean speak it. That word means to show it. Mom, dad, you better practice what you preach. Son, you can't watch that. Mom and dad watches it. Son, you can't drink that. Mom and dad drinks it. Son, you can't say that. Mom and dad says it. You better practice what you preach. When you direct them and train them, here's what he's saying. Follow me. You're my apprentice. I will show you the ways of the Lord. And let's just face it. 
preach it to myself. A lot of times we take that for granted. If I just take my kid to church, just let them go to youth, check in the kids every twice a month, they'll be okay. We can never let our guard down when it comes to our family because the enemy wants to destroy your family. He hates your family and he hates your kids and he hates your marriage and he hates you. And he's going to do everything he can to lie to you, divide you, so that we would not set up the next generation to continue to carry the gospel and show people who Jesus is in this world. So in reality, we got to take it by faith and just trust him. Even when we mess up, trust him. Even when we blow it, we trust him. And give it to him. I'm going to ask if you would to bow your heads. I can feel it. I can feel the pain in here. I can sense the scars. I can hear your tears. I feel your hurt and your anger. I hear you say it's not fair. It's not right. I did everything I could. I hear your questions right now. Why me, God? Why my marriage? Why my kids? Why? I want you to say, I just want to tell you you're not alone. You're not alone. God promises he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And what you see as a mess, God can use that as a message for others. Some of you right now, you need to forgive your ex-spouse. Whether it was a year or 30 years ago, you need to forgive them. For your sake. If you've experienced the love and forgiveness of Jesus, you have to extend that forgiveness. And some of you need to do that right now. You can do it right now and let that go. It's been a grip on you way too long. You do not want to die an old, bitter, grumpy, mad, angry person. Life's not fair. And I know they hurt you. But you need to forgive them. Some of you, your parents, you're beating yourself up right now because you realize, man, we, we're not living the life we should or we didn't live the life we should have. It's never too late to be a parent. Maybe sit them down and apologize. Say, we're starting over. Today's a new day. Follow us as we follow Jesus. Because mom and dad's making a commitment to follow Jesus. That's the best thing we can do for our family. And honestly, if you don't know Jesus, today's the best day to give your life to him. And if that's you and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, say, I've tried to leave my family on my own and it hasn't worked. I've tried to fix my marriage on my own. It hasn't worked. I try to parent the way I thought I should parent, and it hasn't worked. I need you, Jesus. And if that's you, you can pray and cry out to him right now. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. I've sinned. I've blown it. But today I give my life to you. 
Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Now help me follow you for the rest of my life. And if that's you at both of our locations, if you prayed that, I want to encourage you, please go to the next step area. We have some resources we want to give you. We have some resources we want to help you. Some of you here, you need professional counseling. Professional counseling. There's no one on our staff here that's a professional counselor. We can help with small things, but there's some major things in your life. If you have a marriage issue that's major, you need some professional counseling. You have a child issue, you need some professional counseling. The Bible says seek wisdom at all cost. Married people, you're like, well, I don't, I, don't, I can't spend $100 to go talk to a counselor. The divorce court will cost you way more. Seek counsel. Find people who are winning at all costs. Rich people have financial counselors. Broke people won't even read a book on how to manage their money. That's why you're broke. You need financial counselors in your life. You need emotional counselors in your life. You need parenting counselors in your life. You gotta find people who are winning and doing it and get around them and learn from them. Seek counsel. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible actually gives wisdom to that. When you need help, seek it. Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, my heart is so sensitive to the pain in this room. I, I feel it. And we ask you, Lord, right now that you would surround us with your presence. You'll fill us with your grace and your love and your mercy. You restore things and make things all new. What the enemy has stolen and taken, the pain and the hurt and the tears that have been shed that does not go unnoticed by you. God, would you pour out your spirit in this place? Will you help us sense your nearness? Will you whisper in our ears that it's going to be okay? Because you're forced and not against us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. And no matter what I face tomorrow, no matter what I face today, you're with me. And though we've made mistakes and haven't been perfect in our marriage and parenting, today's a new day. And today we commit to follow your son Jesus for the rest of our lives. We love you. It's in your name we ask and we pray. Thanks for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you would like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon. 